we can start with you just letting us know about how you kind of got started in the creative arts. Um, I got started at a very young age. Um, I was drawing ever since I was a little kid. Um, I was really into Star Wars and superheroes like Superman. I do remember my father can draw a little bit. And I, when I was uh, like probably two or three years old, I kept on heckling him and asking if he could draw Superman for me. And then one day he was like, uh, why don't you draw it yourself? Because he was so flustered because I, I kept on asking him. And then eventually I did it myself. And my father and my mother saw I had some talent. Um, and maybe it's because my father's a, a, a artist, but not, not professionally trained. And my grandfather's an architect. And so I think maybe, so there's some of that graphic artist in me. And so, um, but I went to all my life when I was in, in elementary school, I drew, I loved comics in high school. I loved comics and I went to the, I, I lived in San Diego. So every year I would go to the San Diego comic con and I would try to be a comic book artist. I would show my portfolio at 16 years old. I tried to become a comic book artist for Marvel comics. And, uh, they were like, this is pretty good, but you know, you probably should go to school. And then I, I wanted to be a comic book artist. And originally I was going to go to New York for this, for a comic book, uh, university there. But my, since I live in San Diego, California, my mother didn't want me to go to New York. She's like, you are staying in California. There's no way you're going to New York. Um, and so uh, I went to California Institute of the Arts. That is the college that Walt Disney started. And um, I went into the animation program. Um, I went there for three years. I got my bachelor's of fine arts and then I got an internship at, uh, Disney, Walt Disney, uh, feature animation. Uh, I, I started on, I got hired and I started on Pocahontas and I, uh, worked on Pocahontas, Mulan, Hercules, Hunchback of Notre Dame, um, at Tarzan. I started from a cleanup artist. That's where you start off and you just clean up the, the animation drawings. And I worked my way to animator on Treasure Planet. And then uh, I finally made animator on Treasure Planet. But then unfortunately, 2D animation was going away. So they, uh, they let me go. Uh, and um, fortunately, uh, I got picked up at... Um, Nickelodeon or Avatar The Last Airbender and uh, I worked at Avatar The Last Airbender for two and a half years and after that I went to Pixar. I tried out for Pixar. I tried out for Pixar twice. The first time I tried to go for um, Ratatouille <laughs> and they did not hire me. So uh, <laughs> I stayed at Nickelodeon on Avatar and then the second time I got picked up and the funny thing was is that I heard there was two projects that were going on at the time. One was about uh, robots 
and the other one was about an old man and and a ranger kid. And I was like, oh man, I hope I get on the robot movie because that sounds really cool. <laughs> Unfortunately, I didn't go on the robot movie. I went on the old man and ranger movie, <laughs> and that was up and up. I'm so grateful that was my first movie that because Up is amazing, and I've been uh, I've been at Pixar now for 14 years. Worked on Up. Last movie I worked on was Toy Story 4, and and of course I wrote directed Float. So yeah, do you feel like um, your Asian American background at all affected the reason you went into the arts or your kind of come up as well within the industry? I think I know for myself as a uh, Asian American, Filipino American specifically, I know our culture, our parents wanted us to be uh, more like engineers and doctors and lawyers, and nurses and arts wasn't what they were pushing for um, because arts at the time, like if you were an artist, you were a starving artist and there was no, uh, there was no career in that. Um, I'm much younger than you guys. So when I was a kid, like in the seventies and eighties, uh, the only cartoons that were out were, I mean, Little Mermaid hasn't even come out yet. There was just nothing really good out. So, um, my parents like did not see that. Well, actually Filipino Americans did not see that as an, a viable job to have to be an artist or a cartoonist. Uh, but my mother saw that I had talent and she knew that I loved it so much that she actually was very encouraging of me drawing and creating and, um, Maybe it's because that's all I was really interested in. I didn't want to be a doctor. I didn't want to be a lawyer. And uh, I took a I did try up journalism a little bit because I didn't want to like maybe possibly be a, uh, a editorial cartoonist at one point. But uh, uh, I, I just loved comic books so much, mainly because I think San, there was the San Diego Comic Con every year when I, when I was growing up. I I would go there and, and, and those artists were my heroes. So I think that's why I wanted to be an artist. Um, but, but yeah, like the Filipino in, in me, our, our, my, the older generation definitely wasn't pushing me to be an artist at all. Yeah. Do you feel like now, especially with float that there's more representation now it's more inspiring that you're seeing more kids from like filipino backgrounds for example taking up into the arts i do i do i think it's because yeah now i think uh disney has had its run a good 20 years now of of success so and i think like myself being in the industry uh, parents are looking up to us as a viable job and career. Um, that, the funny thing is I, I know I've made it because now I'm getting a lot of notes from aunts and uncles and, and Filipinos all over the world asking me to mentor their kids. <laughs> and like, 
I'm sorry, I don't have time to mentor your kid, but I appreciate that you uh, are starting to see that animation is uh, animation and art is a way to actually live your life and actually have a pretty good one. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you think your Filipino background has affected your creative process as well? That might be different in terms of like nuances that you see in some of your um, other colleagues. Maybe in that I know when I was I my mother had. Um, she had a shop when she was, when I was growing up, she had a clothing manufacturing shop. She would make clothes, t-shirts, skirts and stuff. And I saw, and she had a strong work ethic. Like she worked from seven in the morning till eight at night. And I saw my mother do that, like work her fingers to the bone, you know, like she worked hard. And, and so that's an immigrant life. And so I saw that hard work and I saw that hard work ethic. And so maybe I think that it is ingrained in me because now I know what it takes and how hard people have to work to get what they want. And I know being an Asian um, American, there are things that I have to work harder at to get because I have to um, show that I have the talent to pull it off, to, to do it. And um, I thank my mother for showing me that the hard work and, 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 and tenacity to keep going and, and, and keep working hard. Um, how have you seen the Asian American film industry in Hollywood or in the US change over the last um, since you kind of like started your career in um, animation? Um, well, I mean, Asian wise, I mean, we won last year for the for the movie, right? The, the best picture. Um, and who would have thought that, like, <laughs> you know, and Minari uh, is up this year. And so um, I think that's a big change. That's only within the last, that's the last two years. Prior to that, I don't remember any Asian movies in the Academy Awards at all, or any Asian Americans for any of the, for any of the categories. Yeah. I mean, maybe there are, but I can't think of them off the top of my head. So um, I do think that uh, now is the time for diversity. Now um, the mainstream is looking for uh, different types of stories. Uh, and last year, uh, the Academy Awards, Parasite won. And now this year, it looks like Minari is going up for uh, an Academy Award. Hopefully, I don't know, fingers crossed. Um, but um, yeah, I definitely do think, I feel like there's a shift because I haven't seen any Asian American or Asian projects up for Academy Awards. And, um, and I think right now, especially with like diversity and inclusion being a big thing here in America, um, I feel like more studios are more inclined to hear um, stories from all different 
types of nationalities, so um, including Asian. So I, 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 I think that was a great time, and I, I'm looking forward to, to telling more stories. Um, that's great. How do you, because we were, we read up the um, Spark shorts of, uh, they're quite big, oh, thank you, <laughs> on the <laughs> diversity program as well. Could you tell us a bit about that and how you've been involved? Okay. Um, yes, the Spark Shorts program is set up to tell stories from creators and directors that are, are usually not uh, on the list to be uh, to be directors, uh, unheard voices within the studio. Um, so, for instance, uh, Edwin Chang was uh, uh um edwin was like uh um he was an editor or he's in he was more of a he was in our our our, our tech side and um i'm a story artist and and um and then and we had um who else we erica who is more of a uh a, uh a, a, a documentary person so i guess what i'm getting at is is usually the they're tapping into directors that usually don't have that that don't yeah. usually get picked for those spots and usually and for the sparks program it is um they're trying to do people of color mm -hmm. and uh women to give them a chance to to tell their stories That's really and since i'm a person of color they gave me a shot <laughs> <laughs> Um, we so we read somewhere that you had originally for Float you had originally drawn the character as Caucasian, and then right um, switched it to because it's your story, right? Um, why do you think yes. that was? Do you think Spark Shorts have kind of like helped you make that switch, or was it the producer, for example, kind of thing? Okay, in that situation, it was a little bit of both because it was uh, like i said before i originally intended for um for float to be uh caucasian white characters and in this situation um it was um jillian liebert who is uh, a st our story manager she told me that maybe the characters should be filipino because the story is about myself and my son and um and so i think it's partly pixar because it was if it was my choice i would have made them white um but luckily jillian said that she the story is she all the story is that i was originally gonna make them white and i and i thought that they should be because i was thinking commercial wise what that's what people would want to see and then she had said well this is what made me turn. She asked me, how's your son gonna feel when he looks up in the screen and those characters are white? And I that hit me because I didn't want my son to think that he wasn't worthy and of a story at Pixar. I didn't want him to think that Asian, being Asian was something less. And I, and at that point, I. I changed my mind. I was like, okay, no, these characters are going to be Asian. They're going to be Filipino. I want 
the next generation to be able to see themselves on the screen and see themselves as worthy as lead characters in a Pixar film. Yeah, amazing. It's like so nice to hear, I think, as well, the fact that it's got, I think it just hit 20 million views, right? Like it proves that these can also yeah. be commercial, like people of color can be commercially successful. Yes, because like, yeah, I was like, oh man, I don't know if anyone's gonna, it's one thing when you don't know the numbers, like with Disney Plus, I don't know the numbers. Yeah. I don't know how many, how well it's doing, but with, in, with YouTube, I'm like, oh wow, this is a smash hit. And uh, this is reaching out throughout the world. And just looking at the comments, uh, they're not talking about the Asian part. They're talking about being a person that's different and everybody can relate to that. And so I think that's why it's resonated throughout the world. Yeah. Do you think these platforms are becoming more popular now, like for creatives who are trying for animators, for storytellers to put their work out, especially people of color? Do you think it's helping them or there are, it's still more popular to go with um, bigger companies like the blockbuster star companies? Um, I think if you don't have access to the big blockbuster companies, I think this is the way to go, YouTube, um, and, and, and things that you have access to. Um, uh, I will say this, my kids, uh, they didn't really care. Um, it's unfortunate to say, but they didn't really mind when it was on Disney plus, but once it got on YouTube, they were like, Oh my God, Dad, it's on YouTube. And like, I became like a, like a little, a hero here, but, um, um, but those are my kids. They're like teenagers. I actually like Disney plus and my, my, my wife likes Disney plus. So, Hey, so they're just picky. Yeah. I feel like that's, it's interesting that you say that it's like different markets, I guess, different audiences will resonate with different kind of platforms. Do you feel like when you're writing, you're writing for certain audiences, for example, or for mm. certain platforms? Um, well, I work at Pixar, so I'm only <laughs> focusing on working, uh, creating stories that Pixar will do. Um, but after hours, I do write like my own comic books mm -hmm. and I just do and my own stories. And those things, I, I just do those. I just tell stories that I want to see. And I'm not really caring about who the audience is. I, I just want to create something out of me as an artist because now is my time to tell my stories. When I'm when I'm at work, I'm doing Pixar stories and, and that's fun, but it's, they're not my stories. Yeah. How do you feel like animation writing and drawing has helped you discover yourself? Uh, I feel like, I feel like for instance, float, it forced me to talk about my son's autism and, and, and it was very cathartic. And I found that I had this strength that I didn't know that I had because I had to talk about my story in front of, uh, hundreds of people and now millions of people. <laughs> And in the past, I wouldn't have done that. I would have, like, at the very beginning, when my son was first diagnosed, I probably would have said, no, I'm not going to tell this story. But 
through this process of making this film, um, I've done many interviews and I've talked about my son and, and I feel a confidence in me growing. And I am grateful that this film was made because now I get to talk to people like you and people all across the world that went through what I went through. And it's great to spread this message throughout the world that, you know, you're not alone for thinking you're different. And it's, it's a wonderful experience to spread that message. That's like so sweet. (laughs) Kind of like what we're trying to do here as well, like create this platform for like, Yes. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. That's great because then, yeah, now uh, the whole world will see this. It's a movement now, and it's a movement of like just creativity and love, and hopefully we could share that with everybody. And it's it's a great feeling. It's really cool. Um. So not just in film, do you think there's any other kind of industries that are leading the way in terms of like the creative industries? Or in terms of diversity. Oh man, the funny thing is now that we're in this COVID times, I'm just locked into my work. <laughs> I'm not really noticing anything else outside. But I mean, I would like to think all of art is is doing that. Music, uh, graphics, uh, movies comics, books, literature. I would like to think that there's more diversity out there throughout all of, of the arts. Yeah. What do you have in the pipeline at the moment as well? I guess, like, do you think you'll continue with um, more spots, shorts, films, or are you working on like, um, a big film right now? Or? I am working on a big film right now, and that is uh, Lightyear. That is coming out next year, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, and on my own free time, I am trying to create the next superhero, Filipino superhero. So that's on my Amazing. plate. <laughs> what I'm trying to do. Is that going to be like a like a book kind of thing or like a film or? I I don't know yet. But, Still um, in the works. You can go either way. Amazing. Where do you think your kind of story ideas come from as well? My story ideas, like uh, just things I like. Uh, like I said, I like comics, uh, like toys. I mean, I think it's obvious if you look behind me. <laughs> and uh, and um, and then like with float um, experiences that I I went through, um, I'd like to throw my experience in there to make the stories more authentic. So even with all the stories that I'm creating now, there'll always be um, a sense of, of, of my own personal story in there. So it feels real to me and hopefully it feels real to the audience. Do you think there's any Filipino kind of like folklore stories that you've been bringing um, from your heritage and stuff that comes through or you'd like people to see? Um, I would love for people to see, uh, I put it on my Instagram, this Filipino superhero I'm talking about is, it's called Neighborhood Legend. And the, the Filipino superhero is, 
holds uh, Eskrima sticks, and um, those are Eskrima is our, our our Filipino martial art. It involves stick fighting, and people know of it by like Black Widow. Black Widow has those batons, and she fights with sticks. Uh, Nightwing from Batman, he also does that. So does Daredevil, and that's all great. Even Raya did it in the, the movie. She had fighting sticks, and I mean that's great. But I want to see a Filipino American do that. So <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, I am trying to get to create something where it comes back. My culture comes back to a Filipino character actually performing our and utilizing our martial art. Yeah, that's amazing. I didn't realize that's where that like. Originates. Yeah, where that originates. Yeah, it's, it's, it's ours. It's yeah. ours. It's a Filipino martial art form. Yeah, and and that's why I want to tell the story because I want to reclaim it. That's mm -hmm. ours. Yeah. You know? yeah. I think that's amazing to hear because I a lot of things seem to be coming to light even in terms of like Cinderella that story is like technically Chinese right like the small feet that's like where that yeah. kind of comes from and being able to reclaim that stories I feel like is really important for sure yeah like I feel like maybe that's also part of the Asian American part of me because I know when I was younger I wasn't really interested in the my Filipino heritage. Mm -hmm. I was just trying to be American. And now that I've grown up and I'm much older, I find myself trying to search for my culture and I want to, uh, to, to take that in and I want to teach it to my children and so that they will know their own Filipino culture as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you think there's a lot of intersections as well? between the different Asian American cultures? Um, I, I mean, the difficulty is like we're in this weird COVID time, so <laughs> there's a lot of division <laughs> right now. <laughs> but uh, I, what I do know, I will say this, we at Pixar, we do have a, uh, a, a a POC group of story artists that get together and it's got different Asian groups and different all, all I mean actually not just Asian but any all people of color in our in our uh, group so uh, if there is any division we're trying to break that and <laughs> and come together and 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 uh, tell more of our stories and try to push each other to to tell our stories out there um, what do you think the importance of creativity is uh, during like these times, so like COVID times, a lot of people are stuck at home, um, probably picked up new hobbies, like how important do you think creativity is during these times? I think it is the utmost importance. I think people will realize that now because after the first week you get bored and you're like, what am I going to do? I'll watch TV. And then a lot of people started watching uh, started, um, you know, started uh, watching a bunch of series and, and they start reading books and start listening to music. And that's all art. I mean, people think it's not essential, but it is. It feeds our soul. And we need that. And uh, sure, it's not food, but well, it's food for your soul. At least that's what I'd like to think. 
Um, and that's, I, and now that the, during these COVID times, it, there's been a pickup uptick in animation because we can still continue to work versus uh, live action, for instance. Live action, they have to shut down and they can't uh, film right now. But uh, animators and us creators, artists, we can work from home and still create these great things that are coming out. And, um, but yeah, like, I think these COVID times have proven uh, art is super essential. How do you think your collaboration process has changed then? Uh, because of COVID or because of flow or uh, in both. <laughs> okay. Um, for float, it, it has changed because I got to go to the director chair and, and I got to see, usually I'm just a, one part of the, the equation of the whole pipeline. And as long as I got my share done, I didn't really, I, I didn't really, I wasn't really concerned about the rest really. But, um, but that when I was at well, on float, I got to see the whole process and I got to work with every, I got to work with animators. I got to work with lighters. I got to work with, uh, musicians and editors. And so it made it more of a, um, a collaborative process. Um, not that story isn't, but it's just, you're still within the story, uh, artists versus seeing the whole, uh, studio. Um, and so I guess you just have a wider scope and I, and as far as COVID is concerned, how did, how does that broaden my view? Uh, maybe it's cause I'm talking to you guys right now and you guys, where, where are you in Hong Kong? Kong. <laughs> and that is amazing. Well, I, I don't, usually we would have, uh, we would have to fly out there or, mm -hmm. you know, like, and, and you maybe usually you would have to see me at some event and like try to talk to me then, but now just, we're just Skyping and, and having a conversation and, and that is nuts. That is crazy. And, but it's great because now we're connected, uh, and, and just seconds away yeah. from each other. How do you think the stories people tell now will be different then now that they have access to all these cultures, I'm like, even more so it's more popular, like instantaneously, I guess we have these calls, right? Yeah. Um, I think it'll change in that hopefully we'll get more authentic stories and, and more research stories because there's no excuse anymore. You could type in and, and talk about like, for instance, Eskrima, you could type in Eskrima and, and get all this information about it. You can actually contact an Eskrima master and talk to him or her about it. Um, whereas that was different prior to the internet. I, re I mean, I, I remember when I was much younger, I had to wait to, to go to the comic con in order to see artists that I like, but now I could go to Instagram and see their art whenever, and I probably could contact them whenever. And instead of waiting all summer long, waiting for the next summer to come along for me to, to talk to them. So, yeah, these times and, and the internet has, has, has changed a lot of things. It made us so much closer and so much access to different things all across the world. Mm -hmm. um, cool.
Cool. I guess that leads into like we have a few rapid fire questions that we're planning on putting on our digital blog just separately. Uh, can you list like three animation artists that we should watch out for this year? Three animation artists you should watch out for this year. Um, I would think of Enrico Casarosa because his movie is coming out. Uh, uh, that is uh, Luca. Uh, let's see what else. What else is coming out this year? Everything else from Pixar, I think I gotta I gotta be quiet about. So I'm like <laughs> trying to think of things that are outside of Pixar. Um, you know, you're gonna have to. You, I, I I can't think of anything else because I'm so focused on Pixar right now. Or maybe like but, your inspirations for uh, like your the ones that you look up to or that you work closely with. Um, off the top of my head, um, my buddy uh, Dean Kelly. He's a story artist and. He uh, is working on Lightyear with me. Um, you could check out his his Instagram, um, or and also now that I'm thinking about it, both of, both my buddy Dean Kelly and I were from Avatar: The Last Airbender. So uh, now that Mike and Brian uh, have announced that they're doing the Avatar studio, um, they're the ones to look out for too. So. Brian uh, DiMartino, uh, Dante, I think that's his name. See, uh, I'm, I'm terrible sometimes <laughs> with names. Sometimes that's why I don't even say their last names. Yeah. So, um, uh, so it's, but I know Mike and Brian, Brian Konetsko. So, okay. Just look up Avatar. You guys will know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I love Avatar. I like grew up watching that. I think it was. Okay, then what are yeah. their names? Of uh, Mike Dante and I think the other one is. Oh, no, I can't remember. Yeah, Brian, <laughs> but, yeah. How I think but, it was. It's so inspiring to be able to have seen like those Asian stories. I guess even growing up because it is like they're like Asian looking as well, and they use like Chinese characters and stuff like that. Um, I just kind of want to bring it back because I now that I think of a question, do you think it was what what do you think the process has been for you, like comparing Avatar and like being able to tell the stories of like Asian characters versus like working on like other Pixar blockbusters like Up? Um, luckily in Up, there was that there was that Korean kid, <laughs> but um, I get I, I, I understand what you're saying. Um, it's funny because, like, when you're an, an Asian American, you're used to working on characters that don't look like you, and that's sad to say. Yeah. But I'm used to that, so it didn't bug me. But when I do get the opportunity to work on characters that do look like me, I jump for joy and I thoroughly uh, enjoy the moment because this is rare. And like, yeah, luckily. Enough. There was the Korean kid. There was Russell. Mm -hmm. um, but Incredibles. Uh, I think Edna's Japanese or half Japanese. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but there is some representation. Not a lot, yes. but there is. <laughs> it's getting a lot better now, though. I think. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah. And with Float, there are two lead characters, Filipino-American lead characters. So that's that's already a step in in the right direction. Yeah, definitely. Are there any Asian American short films that you would recommend as well? Maybe like two or three. Oh, Asian American short films. Well, there's Ed Wins, Loop. That's out. Not Loop. That's uh, that's Erica's. Uh, Ed Wins is uh, uh, Wind. Yeah. That's the. Oh, Ed Wins. Uh, I guess Domies, which is, which is uh, Bao, and then yeah. who else is Asian? And then Rosie Sullivan, she's she's half. Uh, uh, hers is Kitball. So those are the three. Okay. <laughs> and they're all spark shorts. Yeah. What are your most used software recommendations? So like you have different stages of um, kind of like storytelling. So you have like the concept, the writing the animation itself, like what are your most used softwares for each stage of your creative process? Um, I don't know if I could tell what, uh, some of our stuff is Pixar related yeah. and, and, and so I, I can't say those, but I mean, looking at you guys right now, I'm talking through my MacBook Pro <laughs> and I have, uh, I have a monitor here and a Wacom tablet, and I have an iPad. So those are uh, um, things that I use very often. But yeah. I, I don't think I are 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 the uh, programs that I use. I think they're Pixar related, yeah. and I can't really tell you which those are. <laughs> Is there any that you could recommend? I don't know, as like a to anyone starting out. What kind of like sage advice would you give? Any any like programs or what are you talking about? Yeah, any, programs it, and thereafter as well. Huh. Yeah. I suppose like I tend to use right now. I'm using uh, Photoshop a lot and I'm using Procreate. So I guess you could start there. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think a lot of people are using those as well. At least when I'm in on Instagram, I see a lot of people mentioning those two products. Yeah. Okay, um, thank you so much for yeah. taking this call. Um, oh, you're welcome.